I don't hear any music. Just give me a second, Ryan. I'm taking care of it. <laughs> Welcome to Beerfield, where one of us likes to complain before solutions can come in place. I'm your host, Chris Hopper at Beerfield Hop, as always, joined by at Beerfield Theory, Dan Theory. And once again, welcome back from being sick at Ryan Miner underscore FFB. Let's go. Let's go. It's great, it's great to be back. Is it? it is, is it great to be back? Is it great? To I be missed back? you guys last week. Like after after a weekend like of being together, yeah, I was true. like, oh man. That's true. Yeah, we forgot to talk about that last week, so we're going to talk about it this week. I promise I will upload the right episode this week instead of the previous week's episode for a second time. I fixed it, but apparently it took it a minute to propagate. So in any event, if you caught that last week that I uploaded the prior week's episode twice, I apologize. Dan and I really did our best to cover while Ryan wasn't here. And that's what I'm going to blame it on. Yeah, Yeah. I mean, I'm fine. Yeah. Yeah. All right. At Beerfield on Twitter. Ryan, you just got really blurry. I did. I don't know why. I don't know what's going on. Maybe a, a, a ghost spirit took over. Because you're it's because you're, in my basement. Your lens isn't focused on you. Yeah, it's focused on your invisible background. <laughs> it was my background. I'll get that fixed here in a minute. Okay. Um, your hair does your hair doesn't even look good when you're that way. There you go. Now turn turn your camera back on. I better. You gotta this. make sure that it's there. there you are. There you the are. most important <laughs> thing is I. It's not even here. It's here. This has to look good. I mean, this, I, no one wants to see this. They I want to see your hair. Usually I'm wearing. Usually I'm wearing a hat, but today I didn't because I haven't showered yet. I, I cut the one. grass. He's the prettiest one on this show. We can't have his face blurred out. <laughs> I mean, you, you, you saw you saw me over the over the weekend in Kansas City. You know how good I am now. Yeah, he is. The, he, he, he is the, the sex face of, of our bottle rock band. So he's the sex appeal of the show. We can't <laughs> oozing sex appeal. We can't have that. Stifle. Jesus. Um, Please don't blur your face, Ryan. Because <laughs> you are the it, sex. It, it's good appeal. now. The sex is back. The sex is back. The sex is back. The sex is back. <laughs> I like it. Uh, we got a rookie mock draft for you this week. There's like no news or anything like that. So that's literally all we're doing this week other than drinking stuff. Uh, so before we, I don't know, actually, we're going to do this first and then we'll talk about the draft that we forgot to talk about. And then we'll just dive into things. What's fueling beer fueled? Whoever wants to go. I'll go. go. Oh, Dan goes. Dan goes. So I don't know if you guys know, but it uh the World Beer the World the World Beer Cup held its competition this past week. I did not announced, know that. They announced the winners last night. Unfortunately, the still did not take any medals oh. home. Did but, I win anything? Sure. <laughs> you won a, you won my heart. All right. Uh but a brewery that we do contract brewing for our NA uh, craft oh, beer company your NA out, of, one? out of uh, the UK Big Drop. Big they're, Drop one. They're, uh, they're Galactic, which is their extra dark, took home bronze in the NA category, which is fucking huge. 
That's a big um, competition. It's the largest growing, uh, the largest growing category in craft beer right now is DNA Craft, and for them to take home any medal is massive. When you uh, when you look at the other cat, you know, when you look at the other breweries that are involved in that category. So I I have on said beer. This is the Galactic Extra Dark. More on it later. I'll go second, Ryan. You can go last because Dan's sure. award talk bridges into things. First off, I did win awards last week. Um, I took yeah. home. So I guess I'm going to brag on myself here for a second. Microfest, uh, my London Brown Ale, which was with us in Kansas City, won uh, first on the Brown Ale's table. Microfest is a huge competition here in St. A huge regional competition here in St. Louis. So um, London Brown took first in Brown Ale's there, which is pretty cool and then in carbondale uh my roush beer took first in smoked and wood age and third and best of show and my london brown took first in historical beers so um bringing home three first and a third over the weekend and i am drinking another award winner uh the winner of the 2022 ascot award for craft distiller of the year so this is for the distillery not necessarily this bottle um starlight distilleries cowrl t huber's um, bourbon whiskey finished in honey barrels. So, so honey barrel finished whiskey, starlight does a lot of barrel finishes, um, and their honey imparts a, a really, really good finish. Um, they are, no, they are distilling locally. Um, so this is their own juice. They are finishing it and we'll have a full review about halfway through the episode. Uh, starlight is located in... Uh, Indiana, Borden, if you know where nice. that is. Most Very people nice. don't. So, and then the Ascot Awards is one of, uh, it's one of the largest social media awards ceremony and one of the largest, um, Crash Spirits award ceremonies, probably behind San Francisco, uh, put together by Fred Minnick, who's a huge personality in the whiskey space. Um, not necessarily a standard judging practice around whiskey or anything like that, but he's really careful with who he picks. So something one's an ascot, it's it's generally pretty good. Ryan. Sounds good. I have awards on this show. Did Stone win anything? No, I have no idea. Stone I'm looking at but the Lions won the NFL schedule release by getting to play the Chiefs in week one. So that's great for me. I mean, did you the Blackhawks won the first? No, no, no. We don't talk about the fucking Blackhawks, guys. Oh, I talk about the stupid Blackhawks. So goddamn stupid. Hey, Cubs are playing the twins this weekend too. So are they? (laughs) Yeah. So my my son was upset because like I told him that like if Detroit and Kansas City play, we'll go to the game. But with it being on Thursday night, he has football season, school's going on. I'm like, dude, we can't go. So now we're looking at a later game. But I have Stones, Fear, Movie, and Lions. Hazy double IPA. Actually, got a, nice. it's a double double hazy. Yeah. Or hazy double IPA. It comes in at 19.2 fluid ounces. I got a tall tall boy you got, of it. You got a tall can. You drinking yeah. that out of a glass? Yes, I am. Attaboy. I mean, oh, can't really I can't it. see it. It just literally just I saw the bottom of the glass. I, I, mean, I, I, got, the I got to go like this, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I'm drinking today. Because at 8.5% too, so we'll see how I feel after this draft. All right. Well, without further ado, actually with further ado. Are we talking about our our Kansas City draft at all, or are we just going right into our draft? 
No, we're going to talk about the Kansas City draft. Uh, you guys can do that whenever. By the way, do you all want to give your thoughts on how was the NFL draft? And I'll just wrap up with mine. All Personally, right. I thought, I thought it was a fun experience at first, but like the time between each pick took way too long when you're standing there compared to like watching it on TV. It feels so much worse in person when you're just because it's, it's super delayed. And sometimes they'll like, you know, they'll they'll catch up and they'll be ahead or or, or they'll be with it. Other times uh, it won't be. I think the most annoying thing was uh, we were fucking there and we were still behind. Yeah, we were right? fucking there an hour behind and we were behind like like that that can't be a thing that's that's i get yeah. it we can not have our phone for fuck's sake like if you're gonna have a live thing make sure <clears throat> nothing is tipped like that should be oh my god it was so annoying the nfl needs to do a better job with that the way that i described it is this after night one we all kind of sat down and came to the same agreement we were all at the draft on night one all eight of us and I think we all agreed on this, which is why we didn't go back for the rest of the weekend. Yeah. You can go to the draft, stand on your feet for hours on end, listen to a live house band, get the pick spoiled by sleeper with no access to, with lines for booze, lines for pissers, lines for food, and get segmented off from your friends, which is what happened to us. Mm-hmm. Or you can sit at home with access to booze, access to food, access to pissers, still get the pick spoiled by sleeper, <laughs> but you actually have internet service to see what trades are happening and everything, which you can't really pick up while you're you're at the draft. Basically, what I'm saying is there was no benefit to being at the draft at all that I could see. There's no benefit to going and being there. Yeah, I. Uh, it's fun for one night just to experience it all. Just to say you did it. Just to say that you've been there. Uh, there is no uh, no other real wanting to do the same thing again but you know yeah i think so, we had more fun outside of the draft than anything else like we like the way we all hung out afterwards after the draft it's just like we yeah. all went to bars we had a good time eating yep. all the food hung out there literally Spite, ate all the food the spiteful cookie ordering like <laughs> there there was Frosties, a lot of good... gas stations with hookers, <laughs> hookers. oh my god <laughs> yeah, nothing like draft night, like sub sandwiches from a uh, Seven Eleven. Oh, yeah, God, there's a lot gross. of good things that happened outside of it. But if you are debating, if you're listening to this and you're debating, should I go to the NFL draft? The answer is no. Get an Airbnb, someplace you want to go with your friends that has a TV, and just have a draft party. That's the better way to do it. One thousand percent, no doubt in my mind. Here on out, the best way to do it's a draft party, not at the draft. The fun thing is, though, next year is it's here in Detroit, and I'm not that far from Detroit, so it's actually easier for me to go next year. So if people want to show up in my house, I'm more than happy to house everyone here. Yeah, and, and I know that we'll talk about that, and I think that I don't even know that it matters if you live there, honestly. I mean, it's still the same experience when you get Yeah, no, there, but I mean, right? like, we, can, yeah. we, we can still even go to, like, restaurants and stuff like that, but you don't have to worry about yeah. paying for an Airbnb and shit like that. It's like you save actual money. Right. I have so. air mattresses. I have everything. So, anyway, that's just our our collaborative thoughts on it. We had more fun disc golfing, doing bars, and just hanging out with each other. We started a 70-round Dynasty League. <laughs> We're around 40. We're around finally 40. halfway through. Yeah. So <laughs> um, but the experience of the people was 
much better. The experience of the people that we were with and the time that we had was much better than the draft itself. It, yeah, we, we made new friendships that were definitely like something that's going to stay with us forever. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like we became like better friends as a group than ever before, which is weird it, because like, you know, you have eight new guys and you have the three of us who have never physically met until then. And then like we have these other additional guys there with us. And it's like we all just collaborated just fine. It was the great. only person who knew everyone there going into it in some fashion was me. Yep. So yeah, I knew seven out of eight. You, you, the only one you didn't know was Mark. So Mark, yeah. Yeah. Mark so, and I became best friends too. It was weird. Mark's a really cool guy. <laughs> yeah, he is. Yeah, you, you can see why I had no hesitation when Brent's like, can Mark come? I was like, fuck yeah, absolutely. Brent's my second BFF too. Brent's a good time as long as he yeah. doesn't faint. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's still a good time when he faints, but good lord, you missed that. <laughs> you weren't there for that one, Dan. I know no, you weren't. I, I've heard it all. It Again, was like shout was out to the there. shout out to the Bears fans that took care of him. Bears fans are the best. The Bears doctors, Bear fan yes. doctors, Bears fan doctors. All right. Um, with that, let's go ahead and get into this. Fantasy Mock Draft. You're mocking me, aren't you? All right. Uh, we're going to do a four-round rookie mock. Super flex. Um, tight end premium. Because I feel like that's the way all you should be run now. Sorry yes. if that throws you guys curveballs, but we're doing to do super flex tight end premium. Gives more value to everybody, basically. Um, but um, we will go ahead with that, and I am going to do a randomizer for us just to see what order we go in. Now, do you want us to talk about each pick, or do you kind of want us to make a few picks? And then we kind of just talk about them in bunches. We'll just make a few picks and talk about them in bunches. Okay. I feel like that's the more efficient way to do it. I agree. You guys agree? All right. Yeah, I'm going I'm to click random one, two, three times, maybe. As long as I get the one one, I'm good. You got the one one. Going to be uh, you, me, Dan, and then we're just going to rotate through. All right, so with the one one, I'm definitely going B. John Robinson. Even in Superflex? Even in Superflex. I, I, I sent out a tweet the other day about, like, you know, going QB, like, taking Anthony Richardson in one one But then it's just, like, the more I was, I was reading people's tweets and stuff and understanding, like, where they were coming from and, and the aspect behind it is, yeah, I might not want B. John Robinson, but the value that he presents, because running backs are such gold, it's take that and then trade as he grows more because you can actually get more in the long run for it than you can actually. Like, I would trade the, the draft. Like if you're going to trade the pick, I would move it day of that way. I mean, it's the same yeah. difference, right? There's like, I have no issue with this. There, there's no issue with the pick at all. Like between my one one and one Oh two, it doesn't make zero difference to me. Um, it's about whether or not you can maximize having Bijan on a rookie deal when he's young before the injury starts to come. Yeah. And and a, a lot of teams, like in theory, the one-on-one does not most times, right? Does right. not have the luxury of being able to have a bell call back because 
the lifespan of a bell call back in fantasy is pretty low, mm-hmm. especially compared to quarterbacks, which is where the argument where Hopper and I typically lean from. Um, and, and I'm sure where we're both sense. going. So, I mean, yeah. yeah, like I said, if I had my quarterbacks in place and I had the one on one and I can't really move it, I have no issue taking Bijan there. Like, if it's all about yeah. winning championships, right? That is the goal is to win championships and to maximize a running back on a rookie deal in his fresh, like in his first year. Bijan's going to smash. Like, there's no doubt about that. But is he going to smash in six years the way that maybe AR could? Or Bryce or Stroud, whichever your you know your first quarterback is. No, running back. You know that's a long way to think of, but yep. And I'll I'm gonna hold my opinions on that until we're through probably the first half of this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. First eight, Sounds good. Ten picks. Um, I'm gonna go Bryce Young with the 102. Um, I know that's gonna make Dan gleeful, and yeah, we'll discuss I'm good. that <laughs> here in a a little bit. So Dan, you're up at the 103. Ar man. Yep. And Interesting. That's what I thought. And we'll get to six and then we'll stop. We'll stop every six picks or so. Okay. Um, that'll be two for each of us. So makes sense. Um, Ryan, you're at the one oh four, B Gen Bryce and Richardson off the board. I'm gonna go CJ Stroud on this one. Okay. Doc, yep. All right. So I am faced with an interesting decision now where I could go second running back or first wide receiver. And the problem with first right wide receiver is there's not a lot of a clarity there. So I'm going to go reference um, at this point, my top 50 and see where I'm at. So Young's gone, Stroud's gone, Bijan's gone, Richardson's gone. So I am actually, I'm going to go Jameer Gibbs over any of the wide oh. receivers here. Ryan, you wouldn't have made it past me. No, I, I actually debated about taking Gibbs here. It's very chalk at, 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 at the one hundred four. No, at the one hundred four. I, I was even wanting to go back to back running backs. Yeah. Well. <laughs> yeah, Dan, where you where you at on one hundred six? So we'll pause for a minute. I I personally think this is where the draft starts for rookie drafts. Obviously, mm-hmm. you may have an opinion on how to rank your top five. Maybe a wide receiver sneaks ahead of Gibbs, which I think would be a mistake. Um. Because of how the wide receivers are drafted, because of how the wide receivers landed, uh, there, in my opinion, there's no need to change your ranking. So however you ranked these receivers prior mm-hmm. to the draft, you should keep the same. Not enough change. And my one, you know, my wide receiver one pre-draft was you know, Jackson Smith and Jigba. He is my pick here. Nothing has changed since. Even though I love Jordan Addison for this year, um, yeah, 106, it will be Jason. All right, and we're going to go and pause here. So six picks in, Bijan, Bryce, Richardson, Stroud, Gibbs, JSN. We talked a little bit about Richardson at the 101. I withheld my opinions. I'm going to give it now. Um, I don't have a problem going Bijan at the 101 in the right situation. Everyone knows the 101 Bijan. So whether you trade the pick beforehand or you trade the pick after the fact, everybody knows what that is. Now, is it possible that that, that taking Bijan and then trading him later in the season after he started to shred values him more. Sure. There's also the same possibility as a slow start gets hurt. We've seen it before. So the argument here, if you're at the one-on-one is going to be, do you take him and then try to swing him for a deal if you're not competing or do you just trade out of it immediately? I probably lean trade out of it immediately. There's more that can go wrong than go right um out of that but we're not doing trades in this draft so i don't have a problem with Bijan 101 and then my young over richardson pick is basically um 
a floor over ceiling type thing. And anybody that's listened to the show for a while understands that with me. Um, there's an argument to be made the other direction. Sure. But the way that I view it is that Anthony Richardson is an athletic Marvel that is very, very raw. And when you're very, very raw, even if you have draft capital, which he has draft capital, but if you're very, very raw, there's always going to be a bust potential there, thrust into the wrong situation, not developed correctly, et cetera, et cetera. And he is very, very raw as a quarterback, despite the athleticism and the rushing floor. So I'm going to go with Bryce on this one, who has been my one-on-one throughout the whole draft. I'm staying true to myself. Um, and the fact that the qualities I saw in him were very similar to, to uh, almost prime Russell Wilson, his ability to extend plays, move the pocket, get the ball off, et cetera, et cetera. Um, that's where I land. And I think the Panthers infrastructure is not a bad spot for him to land within is they start to build things up around him. They've given him some big receivers. Um, you know, I think that they're going to continue to build around that and that it's a solid long-term option, but I have no problem if you go, go AR first quarterback off the board because he is the most athletic of the bunch and gives you the most rushing floor. And if he develops, he has the highest upside. He's the biggest boom bust player. Like right now, like you look at him and what he could be like, he's what we wanted Trent Richardson or not. Uh, Trey Lance. Trent, to be, not, yes. I don't know why. Wait, and Malik Willis. He's, he's what we wanted Malik yeah. Willis to be. Yeah. I mean, like it's like, Maybe. if he hits, he like, he's going to hit because like most people, like you look at their, their dynasty rankings and their QB rankings. Anthony Richardson's already a top 10 quarterback. Like, I've seen as high as seven already just because of his rushing upside on it. So that's what makes me nervous about him. But it's like, I have a hard time taking him just because of the limited amount of playing time he's had. He's had 12, like, true starts. There's been many times where we thought about benching him at Florida. So it's just like, with B. John Robinson, I feel like it's the safest pick to take, no matter which way you look at it. And Dan, you're obviously picking upside there. It's upside. It's it's all about where you you think these players could be. Every all every single quarterback that gets drafted could bust. From yeah. Stroud to Young to Richardson to Levis to Lawrence to Fields to Lance to Jones to Luck to Wilson, whoever the fuck it is, there is a a, a better than zero percent chance they bust. And obviously, some have higher potential. It's, of hitting more or not, we have no idea what Anthony Richardson's ceiling actually is because we've never seen a a complete athlete freak like him. You can say Cam Newton. No, I was going to say Lamar Jackson. I was going to say Lamar Jackson. This is Lamar Jackson with, you know, with 30 more pounds on him. This is completely yeah. different uh, of a player. Uh, right, and but, a somehow, but somehow less of an arm. <laughs> And that's I mean, yeah, always and, and what ties got, me up. He's what, 20, 21 years old? Or yeah, he's got so much room to grow that I would like how teams draft their quarterbacks just swing for the fence. And if if I felt comfortable that Young could or Stroud could reach those ceilings, then yeah, I'll be a little more, you know, in line with it. But again, as Hopper said, there is no real wrong choice with these top three. Just mm-hmm. you know, you're going to take your preference and you're going to hope that they hit. 
obviously outside of the 101 there is no need to move up or down because you don't have there's no idea of who the next three quarterbacks in a row are going to be taken it can be in, in any different order um i think ar's draft capital and the excitement out of indy you know and seeing what hurts did what fields has done and what you know you know mar jackson has done has prompted people to take risks on it lance again we haven't really seen enough lance so stop with the, the goddamn lance slander ryan it's not not that though like what what people see in anthony richard is the shane steinstein aspect behind it because of what he did with um jalen hurts to make him from that quarterback where he was that raw prospect who could just run the ball shane station yeah yeah did i say station steinstein or something like that Hurts also had a shit Whatever. ton of starts under his belt. Anyway, so. yeah, Hertz had a shit ton of starts in college, and I think that that's kind of what what leads to this, right? And that's where I go with with Richardson. As you look at, like, as much as I hate to say it, actually, I don't hate to say it. Josh Allen's kind of the outlier here of not having a ton of college starts under his belt and being NFL successful and not having a ton of productivity under his belt and being NFL successful. Like Hertz was one of the most productive college quarterbacks in football. Yes, he was very good. Oklahoma. Lance and Willis are the two athletic marvels out of the last two classes that didn't have a ton of productivity or a ton of um, anything really. And Willis, we saw come in last year, pressed into duty and not be good. And Lance, the jury's still out on. And I get the arguments that, like, you can't make a judgment here. So, I mean, you're going to ride with with Richardson because there's a trend towards that type of quarterback getting high draft capital. Athletic Marvel, maybe not a lot of college productivity, but can an NFL team do something with him? And it happened with Josh Allen, right? I mean, he had special, special raw tools, that actually hit and now people are going to grab and continue to try to find that. And there's going to be misses and where you miss less is college productivity. And I think back to 2017 and the mistake I made with Watson, not liking his, his tape, but not realizing that, okay, he knows how to win and he's got a lot of experience under his belt and he got DC. So that that's kind of where I lean a little bit more, you know, I actually like Young a lot. That's honestly where I'd lean a little bit more Stroud, I think. But in any event, I get the argument for everyone. Stroud's kind of the third guy here that we haven't talked about yet. And I think that Stroud, um, first off, landing spot doesn't help because there's not a lot around him year one and probably year two. You're probably taking a longer-term approach going CJ Stroud with where he... And they don't have a 2024 uh, first-round pick anymore either. Yeah, because yeah, they went up to get Anderson. So... You're taking a longer term term approach with Stroud. Yes, he's going to get John Mechie back this year. We don't know what Mechie's going to be. He missed last year because of leukemia diagnosis. So that could be a wide receiver one for him. Um, but there's a lot of questions there surrounding him, not him, but that offense in general. So I think that's why, however you want to argue Bryce and AR, Stroud falls behind them. I mean, both Stroud and Young kind of landed in, in spots where their teams kind of gave up a lot in the lot for the future to be able to draft them. Houston has a has a worse roster than Carolina, but it's I mean I don't know how much. So Houston's move up 
to take Will Anderson is well it's a good move. Well, fun to watch the time. I I don't think it was that that roster is not ready to compete. Why are you giving up future you know future assets that can still help build out your roster? Um, so great on the Cardinals for moving out of that slot and getting a lot in return to help do the do the exact same thing. Um, but you know, still right. Both Houston and the Colts have to contend with the AFC, and you have to take swings. Like that's really where it's at. Carolina can get away with Bryce Young and his size, or whatever his limitations may be, because they play in the fucking NFC in the worst division in football. Like the Panthers right. could win the division this year, and I don't think anyone would be shocked by it. Yeah. Uh, Junior Gibbs, first round running back draft capital. Yes, David Montgomery's there. It's probably going to be split, but Gibbs has what it takes to be absolutely hyper efficient. And he's really one of the only other running backs that got draft capital that has a path you can see to, to clear touches, especially with, with Swift being on the move. So. Um, running backs are a rare breed here. You're at the 105. It's more likely that you're running back away from doing some things or that you're a piece or two away from doing some things. So I think Jumir Gibbs in the middle of the first round makes a hell of a lot of sense given the DC that was invested in him, the lion shipping out Swift and his skill set, which allows him to be hyper efficient, even with David Montgomery getting touches. I love the Gibbs pick here a lot. Like, I didn't like it at first at 12 when we were there because I was like, oh, holy shit, what the fuck are we doing? It is but, what the fuck are you doing? Don't get me wrong. Know, that, that was still a, a terrible, terrible NFL pick. pick, but it's great for fantasy. <laughs> I mean, it's a Dan Campbell pick through and through. But there's nothing to say. We can't say it's a terrible, like, we might say it's a terrible, terrible NFL pick, but overall, it could actually be like a very good NFL pick. So he could be a yes. very good NFL player, and I think that he will be, but the value at 112 doesn't tilt towards running. No, it's a lot of, it, no, it's, it's a lot hate. of draft capital, and it. it's a high draft capital. Why don't you ask the Panthers it. and the Giants how they've done with those, uh, with those top 10 running back picks, or the Jaguars, or like it, it's, it's, it, that's one way to look at it, right? That, yeah. you know, oh, no, what absolutely. teams have done, like what the Chiefs just said, being able to move away from, you know, from Clyde and taking a seventh, you know, taking a running back in the sixth, seventh round. You know, in Pacheco and getting the value out of him, um, it's going to be good for fantasy, right? We're all happy. You know, Gibbs got top fifteen draft capital. It's lining him up to see two hundred plus touches. It's just how are those touches going to come? Um, are they just going to play underneath the whole fucking time? It's going to be Gibbs and the ARSB show with you know six D shops to uh, to Jamison in week seven and beyond. <laughs> like, ah, uh, yeah. Yeah, and then I guess we can talk JSN real quick uh, at the pick 106 first receiver off the board. Do you like want to wait on that until we get the other receivers off the board? Does that make uh, more sense to do once we get the no, other guys I, off the I board, or do you want to talk about them right now? I I, th- I say we kind of talk about them right now because then it can lead into the other receivers. Because why would you take him as the number one wide receiver right now at 106? Well, there's no other. I mean, I guess the only other player you can maybe look here if you're going super flex would be Levis because he's going to most likely get playing time this year. Um, it's not tight end premium. You're not going Dalton Kincaid. You're not going Zach Charbonnet, the the, the third running back. Oh, it's tight end premium, but you're still not going yeah. Kincaid and you're still not going Charbonnet. And I, it's John, all about who, yeah. Yeah. But looking at 106, you're kind of like in that middle of like, you know, you your borderline rebuild, your borderline playoff team. So it's right. a good way to say, like, you know, I, I like if I'm building one year away, I'm taking Jackson Smith and Jigba. If I'm, I'm now, I'm taking someone else. 
And I can tell, and I'll say that in my next pick. And I, can explain I mean, that sure, easily. yeah, that's, yeah. That's I mean, fair. if you're going where I think, and this is why you say you'll explain that in your next pick. That is literally, literally, the reason why I said we should talk about the receivers after we get through this. <laughs> okay, sorry. Because no, saying no, I'll, I'll take it in my ne- saying I'll take it in my next pick is like okay, yeah. Well, you're teasing what your next pick is, but there's not really a comparison point there until we draft people. So. Let's go ahead and take this through the 109 because I'm sure this is going to be a wide receiver run, and then we'll go from there. Yeah, so me at 107, I'm taking Jordan Addison. Yeah. Which is probably what you guys expected right now, right, based on what we were just talking about with JSN right now at six and why he went at six and why I think I take Jordan Addison at seven. Yeah, 100%. And then um, what I'm left with is a choice of Zay Flowers or Quentin Johnston. I'm going Zay Flowers on that. I, I've had Flowers ahead of Johnston the whole process. The dry, the landing spot doesn't necessarily change that for me, and we'll get into that here in a minute. Dan? I mean, you made it easy for me. It's going to be, obviously, Johnston, Quentin Johnston here. Um, All right. Yeah. Hey, let's talk wide receivers now. <laughs> now, now that we're through the next few. So... These four obviously can land in really any form of order. I think we're all still in agreement that long-term upside is tilted towards JSN, and that's why he's he's there. Obviously, he lands in a spot with two established receivers. Lockett's the wrong side of 30. JSN will probably push him back outside. Um, There's going to be some volume split for now, but... Long-term, DK, I think, is nearing the end of his rookie deal. I don't think he was extended, so. He would have been, no, he got extension. Did he? He would have been, he would have been a rookie, or he would have been a free agent This uh, during this. He, I think he got extended last year. Could, because he would have been a rookie. Or no, God, God, Jesus Christ, he would have been a free agent. Along with the other 19 class that, ooh, that wasn't first-round picks or hadn't been extended yet. Uh, let's see. So Jordan Addison at seven. Like... Yeah, he's another year or so. But yeah, Jordan Addison, I agree, has the most year one upside. He's immediately plugging into where Thielen was. He's not going to draw top coverage. Um, We've talked about this extensively on the show, why Jordan Addison is the one you want if you need immediate impact, where JSN is the better option long term. We've, we've got into that a lot. He's the definite easiest pick. Like, like if you traded up and got the one hundred and seven, and like, say you're you're that team that's building a win right now. This is the that win now play wide receiver. I feel like, like if you have Jordan Addison on your team, like you're you're pushing this year to win that that championship. He should be as of right now with you know, obviously with no injuries or anything else. I mean, he is set up to be the most productive rookie receiver. He's a wide receiver this one of the, of this class for twenty twenty three. Like the NFL season. Should be yes, yes, yeah. But all, like I, but all four yeah. of these players have opportunity beyond what we they see do. now to be the number, even the number one. Besides, besides Addison and probably JSN, that could be the the number one on their team. But in the season, and yes, I, I I will include Quentin Johnson in that with oh, the aging Keenan Allen yeah. in a in a Off whatever Mike Williams. Mike Williams. I will. I will too. Could legitimately be that guy by like week like week three or four. And the reason I go Zay Flowers over Johnston is because Baltimore with Munkin, with Lamar, with the way that they're going to run an offense is going to be creative. 
And Zay Flowers is usable in a lot of different ways. He's a fantastic receiver. He's great out of the slot. He can work deep, but he's also super, super explosive if you want to get him involved in the run game and everything too. Zay Flowers is dynamic, and I get landing in Baltimore kind of hurts that. I look at Quentin Johnston, and we talked about this a lot too, and this is my kind of Flowers over Johnston soliloquy. I wouldn't take Flowers over Addison or Njigba, but I wasn't in a position to. My flowers over Johnston reasoning is literally because when I look at Johnston, this is a big bodied guy that can use that frame that has good hands that is upside is easily a one. His downside is what we saw out of Nikhil Harry, what we've seen out of Mike Williams, what we've seen out of, you know, oh, yeah. several There's different risk. bigger bodies that don't separate. So there is risk I think ultimately probably ends up as a productive two. Um, one of those, you know, 950 yards and eight touchdown guys because he's a big frame. Um, not behind Keenan Allen, behind whoever else they draft to be a one. I, I, I don't think long term he is a one. I think he could be if he hits a ceiling, but I think realistically, I don't think he is, and there's more bust potential there. So I do have Johnston as the lowest of this three. Uh, but Flowers over Johnston for me was just the different ways that he can get involved, the explosiveness and the different levels that, that he can work in an offense that has the ability to be creative because of Lamar. I do like it a lot with like Zay Flowers and, and Lamar Jackson. Like That's definitely a good combo to actually have there. Just because of what Lamar can do and what Flowers' possibilities are, could definitely be top notch where he could actually be the also another top end wide receiver for this class. Yeah. All right. Anything else on those four? Nope. All right, Ryan, you're up at the one ten. Are we doing tight end premium? I forgot if we were. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, half point premium. tight end premium. Yeah. All right. I'll I'll go ahead and go Dalton Kincaid on this one. So uh, yeah. was it at the one ten? 110. Yeah. Yep. yeah. So you're going Kincaid at 110. Um, I'm going to go ahead. Oh, man. That's interesting. It, it starts getting like tough here at the end. Like, I feel like Kincaid's like the tough part. But then I feel like another play. Like, I was also willing to go another. The real Wait, draft starts the at the one ten. The real, the real <laughs> right. draft. The real draft. At, the, real draft. The, real draft. <laughs> the real draft starts at the one hundred six, but then you <sighs> yeah. get beyond those four receivers, which will go in any order of six, and then you really get into the one ten. I'm between two players here, um, and I think is it between two running backs? Between two running backs, yeah. Yeah, I can see it. I have a feeling who the two are too. It could be yeah. actually. It could, it could even be three. If you really it's, look at it, I think it's two for me. Yeah, it's two for me easily because I think the third one you're putting up there, I would not agree with in any form of anything. So it's okay. two for it's two for me. Um, and it's just a matter of which one do I want to go with, and this is where it gets tough. Um, I think. I'm going to go with the way that I have it in my top 50 and I'm going to go Kendra Miller. Um, but there's another guy there that I could just as easily have taken. It's a coin flip for me. Zach Charbonnet? Not a fucking chance. 
So Devin I'm going to uh, it's it, his other running back would have been a chain more than likely. It would have been a chain. Uh, I'm going to because it's super flex, and uh, everyone else kind of clumped, right? All third round running backs and all throw in, you know, Sharp and they all have they're all they're all being included into a timeshare injuries away. I am again going to take upside shot, even though I I I really don't like this player, Levis. Levis, look, guys. There's a point where value happens. Yeah, that's that's a good value pick. I love that pick a lot. The Titans can get rid of Tannehill for free. Um, he's gonna play a lot of games this year. Is he, he, he? There's value, but we can save that for when we talk about the picks. So we're at the end of first round. Let's go ahead and Let's talk about up. those last three, then, and wrap up the first round. So, yeah. um. Don Kincaid, first off, I have no problem with that in tight end premium. I think I'd prefer the value at the beginning of the second round. Absolutely no problem with that, though. You get the best tight end on the board. He landed well um, in a good offense in Buffalo. Yes, there's Dawson Knox. I'm not worried about that. He's multifaceted. The The dude has Kelsey levels of upside, and there's absolutely no freaking problem at all. Just like the Bills, when there were no more receivers on the board, said, F it, I'm taking Kincaid. We need a weapon. There's absolutely no problem at all with taking Kincaid at the end of that wide receiver run. A legitimate premium, a, in my opinion. Legitimate chance to be the number two receiver of that offense. Who could line yeah. up in the slot, too. He didn't have to line up on the line as tight end. Yeah, no, he lines up in a multitude of, two of ways. He's an exceptional receiver. He's a good blocker. Like... That's a guy that could be more productive than half the wide receivers that were drafted ahead of him. Yep. And in, in tight end premium, that pays a lot. So there's no problem taking him at the end of the second round. Miller over A-Chain, the reason for that is literally size-based. Um, Kamara has been trending off the last several years. I think Miller has a lot of Kamara traits. He's got great balance. He's excessively explosive. Um, he's good in areas that aren't just in space can get downhill. And I, I, I just like him a tick more than I like a chain, but they're really, that was a hard debate for me. If you couldn't tell, they're really kind of close to the same tier. They're both going to have opportunity. They're both going to land in an area, um, you know, where they can produce. They both have the skill set to be hyper efficient. Um, Miller's got, a little bit better of a frame to do that. Um, but you know, a chain early, you know, Miller into the first and a chain early second is what your next year running backs probably is with Charbonnet in there as well. So, and potentially Johnson, depending on how you're, you're slicing things. But for me, my preference is, is Miller and Levis, like Dan said, that's just straight upside. That's, you don't believe it, but it's super flex and you're getting, a running back at the 112 that's got a path to playing with the big arm if the Titans can quarterback. Coach him out of his quarterback. quarterback, running back, mayo back, <laughs> mayo back, whatever. And there's uh th- there's always chances we're we're running evaluating these guys. I mean mm-hmm. it happens more often than you think. Um yeah, and, but- and, and if the, he's gonna play this year. There's just zero there's the fact that Malik Willis could get cut. Uh, Tannehill could get cut. Levis will be a guy for this year. I think the Colts or the Colts the Titans are going to be one of the worst teams in football. Um, which is going to line him up for a chance, one of the top guys next year. But Levis will have playing time. He's going to have a chance to show who the fuck he is, and 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 we'll see if we'll see what some of these other people like about him. 
Uh, anything on Miller or Kincaid for you, Dan? Uh, Kincaid's would have it, it's a great pick. Miller is all it's all preference. I I still would have gone Charbonnet. Um, again, not because I love Charbonnet by any means, because I, I really don't. You know, there's all these guys snowball's had, chance in hell. I was doing that. No, I know, right? no. There there is a. Every running back after the top two are all in this one injury away stance, all with flex usage because they got drafted this high, and that also includes Trebinet. All it would have been literally based off of DC, um, and 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 clearly what Seattle wants to you know do with that backfield. So yeah. it's there's there's something wrong with the Miller pick. He's in the same spot. It's. I get a one injury away, I guess in this case, I want suspension away <laughs> from, from having, you know, true on value. True preference. Anything on King. Well, no, you already said that Ryan Yeah. thoughts on the last three. King, Kincaid, obviously you did that pick, but Miller and Levis. No, I mean, like it's definitely nailed it. Like, especially like Levis, like I like Levis because you never know. He could be like that next player where it's where we don't think he hits, but he actually does hit. So you actually got to steal in the draft because most people didn't think he was actually going to do anything or he could actually bust, but at the same time, it's like, it's the end of the first round. So that's a chance you take at this pick. And then Miller, I like Miller either way because of what could happen with um, Alvin Kamara anyways. So that's the one pick I do like, because you're, you're kind of take that risk reward. Cause like if, Anything does happen to Kamara, you have the instant running back dude who will complement Jamal Williams at that point. So that's one pick I do like. But it gives me into the second round very easily. That's what I like about this. We're like coming back to me. Like I thought about taking this player earlier, and he actually fell to me too now. So I actually like how the two ones looking right now. Uh yeah, so that's a really good bridge. Let's go ahead and and kick into the 201 for you. Who, who is your 201? And we'll go through a few and then we'll talk about it. My 201 is Devin A. Chain. Not surprising considering I had such a hard time between that and the 111. Right. Um, all right. So your 201 is A. Chain. Um, man, that's going to be it. That's another tough decision. We're getting into preferences again. Um, uh, my 201, and I like the value in the DC here. I'm going to go with Jonathan Mingo. I mean, I kind of uh, hinted at the pick when I talked about the last round pick. I will go with Charbonnet. And we'll just keep going back to Ryan. Oh, this is where it really starts getting tough now. Yeah, this is a, a draft that late round picks start to get real, real tough. Yeah, like this is where I, I like if I had this pick right now, I, I'd almost be willing to trade down, especially with like Dalton Kincaid. Yeah, but like, does anybody care they, enough to trade up? <laughs> yeah, like there's some names left I think people can get hyped for that they want to move up. They're, they're, again, you're not, it's not what we think or what Ryan or Hopper and myself think in these times, it's what. A, what the draft community perception is on players that are left and how you can use that for your advantage if you don't agree with the takes that are being said, right? It's all about, we talk about it a lot when we talk about, you know, draft strategy and, and it's knowing your league, knowing your league mates. So it's there, personal there perception is, too. Yeah, yeah. 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 Like that's how I like, like to look at it as. And 
man, this is a tough one because I feel like it could like people might look at it right now as a reach, but I don't see it as a reach. But I'm going Marvin Mims. I mean, that's that's about where he's going. He's second round, second round pick. I don't like his second, player, but he's got DC. But like, I don't like the path, it, but he's got DC. So, like, if I did, if I didn't have like Kincaid in the first round, I would have definitely gone like Michael Mayer at that point. Just because well, of- but remember also, right? This isn't a three team league. You're just drafting for, like, don't think of this. Right. As- no, no, I'm, I'm definitely not like, like that. Mm-hmm. But like. Yeah, it's it's not a three team league, right? We're drafting three times. It's not a three team league, so kind of each pick you have in a round is for a different team. So this pick would correspond to your CJ Stroud pick, right? So just throwing that out there. All right, down to one hundred five. I have a choice. Two hundred five. Um, two hundred five. Sorry, down to two hundred five. I have a choice. So. This pick corresponds to my Jameer Gibbs pick at running back. That doesn't really change anything for me um, because I'm not looking at a running back. Um, I am most probably, if I reference my top 50, I am actually looking at Jalen Hyatt here, which is where I'm going to go, and we'll pause. No, I'll, I'll make mine and then we'll pause. Oh, sorry. Yeah, we're on only on five. You make yours. Yeah. Um, let me cross them off. Jesus Christ. Um, th- this is tough because there's there's a few directions you can go in. Um, based off of positional value for running back, and and again based on on on, on landscapes of of where opportunity can fall into. When you look at an opportunity year one, I will go Hopper's favorite bear running back of all time. Damn it. Roshan Johnson. Stole from me. <laughs> Again, we talk about one injury away backs. Let's like uh, there there's maybe one one suspension or cut running back away. And pretty much found favorite Chase Brown, but um I will go with the one um yeah that that the Bears organization has already multiple times have have raved about him. So I I will uh, yeah they have. Um, I'll go with the Hopper favorite, Roshan Johnson. All right, and we'll pause there. So, um, a chain. Obviously, we talked about him a bit when I was looking at Ed Miller. I'll give my thoughts on these six. A chain, I think, is a good pick at the two hundred one. Um, he's right there with Miller and Charbonnet in that that kind of tier of whatever backs Miami re-signed their same stable of meh. So it chains the new guy that has a chance to break out. And I think if anybody can find creative ways to use his explosiveness, even though he's undersized, yeah, Mike McDaniel is, is definitely one of those guys. So I like that a chain pick for me. Um, Mingo had the DC over Hyatt. That was the reason I went, I went with Mingo. Um, I like the size. He's big body. He'll play outside. Him and Terrace Marshall are probably going to compete for most targets on that team this year, but he gets a new quarterback and in Bryce Young, who's, who's uber talented, and they did put draft capital into him. One of the few guys that has number one size, even though I think he profiles more as a two. Once you get past those first couple wide receivers, it gets a little dicey. Um, my shots on Charbonnet are he's one injury away, and if you don't have that Walker injury. You're looking at a third down back, but that's the territory you're at now for backs, but that's kind of why he's behind a chain and in Miller for me. So, you know, him going behind those two, I have no gripe with that at the two Oh three. 
Um, he had the DC. He's behind Walker. He's not known for his pass catching prowess. And Charbonnet is fine as a pass catcher, even though he's not explosive. And Marvin Mims, I don't like that one. Um, I am not a Mims fan to begin with. Um, undersized receiver that I didn't feel like I saw a lot out of. And he's, you know, potentially if they don't cut anybody or slide any moves, the fourth receiver on that roster. So. I don't love that one short-term or long-term. Hyatt lands on a wide-open giant squad. I like his downfield ability. Um, you know, I like his explosiveness. I, I've i been a Hyatt fan since early in the draft. He can stack defenders. He knows how to get open. Um, and he lands in a spot where there's not a confirmed or even established receiver. Hodgins was the most productive one last year at a similar build, but not nearly a similar, like, speed or skill set. You know, with Roshan, I've, I've covered that a lot. He's a pure third down back. Dan's right. Um, they're one cut away or one injury away or whatever from him being productive. And I think even with Herbert and uh, with Foreman on the roster that, you know, there's a path to him getting touches as a third down back in the receiving game and as a, a change of pace guy. And I don't know how many of that's going to be. That's going to be a three-headed disaster piece, but at this point, you're just looking for any path to touches, and Roshan has it. Oh, Ryan went away. All right, yeah. I, I guess I'll uh, I'll just do my quick follow-up on the six. Yeah, um, a chain. I'll, I'll really combine a chain. Sherman and Johnson are all backs. They're in similar situations of of the backfield they're in. There, there's a chance for them to steal. Maybe not so much Charbonnet, but there's a chance for them to seal the majority of the touches early on in the season. Charbonnet definitely needs a Walker injury, but draft capital is going to keep that. It's going to keep him on the, you know, draft capital is going to keep them in mind and at least have flex value. He is at least on paper and and based off of uh, some other video guys think that Charbonnet can definitely fill in as a pass catcher. Well, Walker's inconsistent uses of the pass catcher last year gives me the idea that uh, that's not going to be his role. Um, as for the receiver, it's like his preference Bingo's big size, right? He he is the, the uh, you know, outside of Johnson, the the big outside guy that has a chance to pop off this year. He's in a pretty open wide receiver room that has a chance to be able to start week one given high capital. I think if he can earn his, his role and show out in training camp, he'll have that spot. Mims with Denver's uh, ongoing rotation of receivers and not really knowing if if guys like Judy and um, and Sutton are going to be there to start week one. Uh, KJ Hamler has often been hurt. Uh, Tim Patrick can get cut. Um, Mims was the first pick in the Sean Payne era. I think I think that in itself kind of gives it a little more. Um, we don't really know where Sean Payne's going to be with this team. It's been a couple of years since he's coached. Um, if that has anything to it, but Mims being his first pick, I guess, kind of gives it. And, and I've I've liked Mims, you know, as that deep threat guy. So we'll we'll see if that plays out. Plus, Denver should be better this year in a very good division that's going to allow a lot of throwing. Hyatt again, just like the other guys, wide open wide receiver room has a shot to uh, to kind of stand out himself and, and and be a guy that Jones you know can rely on. Um, if, if, if he can become anything more than just a downfield threat. Ryan, if you want to give your, your, your quick thoughts on the first, on those last six, and then we'll 
I just love Roshan Johnson because I just feel like he's like he's not one injury. <laughs> I feel like see. he he I feel like he is the running back for the Bears. Ah that, man, like, you know, like that's just that's just my gut feeling. Like he is the running back for the Bears. That like he's the next um, Tyler Algier of this of this like of this class, where you know he's late later round pick. He's gonna go over a thousand yards. He's gonna have that that season that we all wanted and didn't expect out of him because like that's just. Now, he's Damian Pierce. No, I feel like he's, he's totally Damian Pierce. I feel, yeah. I feel like he's better. Like he's better. Like he's easily a thousand yards. Like I feel like that this is this is still the draft getting like Roshan Johnson. Like I really wanted him here. I was thinking about him, but over A chain, I couldn't pass it over to A chain. A chain's got the capital, which is I don't. He's it, it, got you know he's got the OC that you know and Mike McDaniel's that came from the college Shanahan tree. Um, and, and a very much, I think, easier path on a much more explosive offense. So I, I, I understand the allure in A-Chain, even though his size is uh, he's not you know, built like a prototypical workhorse. And the Jonathan Mingo pick, like, I I just like his size and his whole like profile in general as like that type of like wide receiver one. Because it's like you have DJ Shark, you have um, Adam Thielen there. You don't have that like big pro typical like huge body there. Now you do with Jonathan Miko. So I feel like that helps Stroud like become that next level like quarterback. Like it builds around him. That's what I like about that pick. Yeah. And Marvin Mims is exactly what the Broncos need because like they don't they never had like that true wide receiver three. Like um they were always getting injured every time, no matter what. I feel like Mims could actually slide into that wide receiver three, and especially if anything happens to Sutton, Mars could actually move into that wide receiver two position there. So that's not one I like there. The lot of smoke of Judy getting traded during uh, the process. So I, I don't mean, see I don't see Judy getting traded. I see more Sutton getting traded. Well, I mean, Judy is more sought after. I think he's well, more sought after receiver, which is why I think his his value is higher. Yeah, younger younger player, different skill set. Um, but you know, right now Mims is currently, as we said today, May eleventh, twenty twenty three. Mims is fourth on that depth chart, which is fine. I think he's third or fourth. I don't know if he'll. I mean, it's tough. I love Tim Patrick. I do too. I uh, I, I don't I, think I have you, a very. I, I don't think very, you hate Tim Patrick because he tore no, an no, ACL. No, right? no, no, so. no, no, no. I I I just think he's gonna get cut. Unfortunately, Tim Patrick. Yeah, yeah, because because he's he he has no dead cap to him. Yeah, he, he's the easiest way to clear cap space. Although, and they just spent a third round pick on Mims. I mean, it could be KJ Handler too. So, although I think, I think it'd be Handler. If, if you're gonna get a contract cut, I'd expect that more out of last year because you're now mostly through the meat of free agency and stuff as well. Yeah, Unless yeah. the Broncos are over cap, you have no reason to clear cap space until later, yeah. much later on. So. And we also don't know where where Tim Patrick's recovery process is. Unfortunately, it's not a big enough, excuse me, name to uh to have constant coverage over. I just recovery. presume no news is good news. Yeah, <laughs> right. We'll see. In this age of things, you guys ready to? Um, yeah, let's, let's keep her moving. Yeah. yeah, keep her moving. All right, pick seven, Ryan. We're on you. Rasheed Rice, Rashi, Rashi, Kansas City Chiefs. Rashi Rice. Rashi Rice. All right, and. Then we're going to go to me. I'm going to go with Sam Laporta. Jeez, uh, come on, computer.
I will. Uh, I'm going to chase Brown here. Ooh. All right. I love that. A lot of reasons to like that. Ryan, we'll just take this to the end. I'm going Jaden Reed. Ick. Ick. No, I said dick because that's oh. that's literally oh, I where dick. I was. No, I said dick because that's literally where I was looking next. Um, no, no. Yeah, I'm in a tough spot. Yeah, like the second round starts getting tough here. Yeah, especially towards the end of the second round, it starts getting tough because there's. God, I don't want to do that. I really don't like that player. It's so rough. Jesus Christ. It, 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 this no. is the point where you want to trade out and try to trade, like, you know, yeah, but if someone sees someone they want and they say, like, you know, just give me your, your 2024 second round for it. No, yeah, just give me a veteran. Someone's immediately trading up, but who's trading up? Just here? give me a veteran that's going to, that's a chance to be productive this I don't year. Know. They're, they're still, they're still, I mean. Well, fuck all. I guess I'm going to go ahead and. There's, there's a good wide out there. So. No, no, I'm taking I'm gonna take Michael Mayer. Oh, I totally forgot about him. Because that would have been my that would have been my pick. Yeah. <laughs> Very simple. So, he's so gonna Dan, start Dan with Ron, you, I'm, I'm going double tight ends there that have positive starting. So I know. I know. Especially well, in tight end premium, that that's a solid move because I mean you can put them so on your taxi squad or on your bench and then just hold out. There are so many athletic tight ends that win early. This back of the second round is gonna be should be stacked with tight ends. Uh, Especially in premium leagues. Even in non-premium leagues, it should probably be stacked with tight ends. Yeah. I, I guess we can complete the tight end run and we'll go uh Luke Musgrave. There you go. Ooh, my favorite. Well, I mean, Schoonmaker could be considered in there too. Anyway. Yeah. Um, all right. Too old. It's a these should be quick. Quick. Rashi Rice landing with the Chiefs. Fumble problems. Drop problems. They obviously just lost you to those path targets. Yep, that's why I took him upside. Anything else on him? Good upside, solid slot. Poor man Zay Flowers for the most part. Uh, Sam Laporta, extremely athletic tight end. Highest DC out of a tight end, not named Kincaid. Uh, get lands with the Lions. You have an absolute opening there. It's a tight end premium league. Don't. It's it, a lovely it, pick. Anything else on Laporta? He is what TJ Hawkinson is for the uh, Lions. Like, he's going to be what Hawkinson was for the Lions. Yeah. yeah. Except without, yep. without top 10 draft capital. Yep, Except exactly. There's also a, an extreme amount of competition for his targets, which is where I, I get a little concerned for the short term. But you know, tight ends take a little longer to develop. So, right, and there's not a lot in the back half of this draft. This is not a deep class. No, no. Uh, Chase Brown, I, Dan, I like that pick. Um, Bengals obviously have shown that they are not committed to Joe Mixon. Um, they've been looking for a way out, and Chase Brown is a is an all around back that's already shown he can handle bell cow work at the college level. Swing for the fences is pretty much what that pick is. That is exactly what that is. Any thoughts on Brown, Ryan? No, I mean it's, it's exactly what it is. It's you're basically waiting on Joe Mixon. If it, if anything happens, Joe Mixon, you have a starter. If not, then. You're yeah. hoping he can take a Samaj P Ryan. You you you're hoping if Mixon stays that he becomes 
he this takes on the Samarja P. Ryan role where there's going to be flex value. And then if Mixon were to miss time due to suspension or injury or if the final gets cut, um, he could fulfill that role the way that P. Ryan was able to. So that's that's that, that is the Chase Brown pick. I, 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 it's, they drafted in a way that suggests they're going to keep Joel Mixon. So it, it, I, I, there's always that in mind. But Brown, again, is one injury away. And, and I think he can earn himself the chance at the P. Ryan role. Yep. All right, Jaden Reed, I like that pick. Packers um, obviously just lost a couple guys. They do still have Watson and Dobbs there who had varying levels of success. They flashed a little bit, but didn't ever put anything together consistently. Uh, Reed has a lot of Randall Cobb to his game, which has a lot of slot receiver, a little bit questionable at the quarterback position, but you're getting to the end of uh, receivers that really landed in good spots or had good film scores. So uh, I'm... I don't hit the read pick at the back end of the second round. I actually think that's a really good value. I feel like Reed could be like that wide receiver two for not just like the wide receiver fancy, but like wide receiver two for the, the Packers. So, yeah. you know, it still has value. It's not like it, it could be a wide receiver three value for you and on your dynasty teams, but to be a wide receiver two, I think he actually like surpasses Romeo Dobbs as the season goes on. I mean, I think he passes Dobbs week one because Dobbs is trash. So, <laughs> like, yeah that is true it should be i mean just based on what they gave off for him in the third round or it, it, yeah i mean there's there's no L. Lazard, there's no randall cobb so i mean like this team's kind of like wide open out, outside of uh uh christian watson and then the last one was no we have two left so michael mayer was the next one uh it's just step into a, a week one role from day one uh Great all around tight end, not as athletic as the rest of them, which is why I think he he dropped in a arguably I think the most athletic tight end class we've ever seen. Uh, even though Mayer was very productive with Notre Dame, it was very clear that uh, that he was going to eventually fall back behind in that. Um, but he should be a a potential contributor f- as of from week one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, May- Mayer's a good blocker. He's a good on-field guy. He took some hits because of the, his athleticism and anything. Waller's out of out of there. He'll be on the field week one. How much he contributes, you're, I mean, your upside you're hoping for is mid to back end tight end one. I don't think he has nearly the upside of some of these other guys just, just from his film. But he got DC. He was considered the number one tight end of this class before things went downhill. He does a lot of things well. He'll see the field early and is a back end second round pick in premium. Uh, when you're really running out of wide receivers and running backs, it's a good way to go. Who is who was it tight end? Because Waller is obviously gone, and and Monroe went to uh, Monroe went signed with the so Saints. There's, there's I think there was it, no it's one Austin there. Hooper. Austin Hooper signed there. Did Austin Hooper go there? He can beat Austin yeah. Hooper. That's he's 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 fine. It's just a crowded like core like of pass catchers i don't want to say what like wide receiver course, just pass catchers in general so it's like trying to like get his hand in the game is could be complicated for him as josh jacobs you have Devonte adams you have hunter renfro um they signed jacoby, My- jacoby myers i mean you got a lot of players there that are gonna push michael mayer down a little bit i feel like and last pick was Luke Musgrave, Green Bay's yeah. uh, first tight end taken in the second round. <laughs> Musgrave was a, a, a kind of a darling of the community that 
was athletic, had receiving ability. I don't think has quite the upside of what some of these other guys do, but obviously has a very, very solid floor. You think guys like, uh, you know, Friar Muth come to mind of, you know, kind of what you're looking at there. Again, Packers, so you don't know what you're going to get out of Jordan Love, but back into the second, you're taking shots at anybody that can be productive. Musgrave fits that bill. Like Musgrave, I feel like it's like like the ultimate boom bust, like type of like tight end pick here because it's like we never saw what he could really do in college because the way he was so injured so for so much of it. But like when he did play, he did show that like elite like prospect, like that player you want to have out there on that field. It's like, oh my God, this guy's like one of many. So it's like we need to have him out there, but he could never just stay healthy enough to be out there on the field. That's what sucked about it. Yeah, he's a project. You know, he's someone that can die in a wide open Green Bay room, right? We talk about with with Jaden Reed. Musgrave could be that, you know, could be the safety blanket that that Jordan Love needs if he if he's able to take the field week one. Um Watson's obviously silver rod deep threat. Reed, I think, could be that guy as well. But Musgrave yep. plays the position that a lot of those younger QBs like to lean on or as they're, you know, getting their you know, their bearings under them. Yep. All right, let's go ahead and hit a review and then we'll do one more round of this and call it a show. Sounds good. Boom. Beer review. All right. Um Ryan, let's start with you. You went last in the in the preview. Let's let's get you going first here in the review. All right, so I had Stone Fear Movie Lions Hazy Double IPA comes in at eight and a half percent. Just poured whiskey all over my chin. Did you? Cheapest <laughs> Christ. Totally. Just like I, I've been drinking since two thirty. <laughs> Jesus just like, Christ. Just like, just like you told me, you yelled at me like especially when in Kansas City to pour everything in a fucking goddamn glass. So I did. Yep. This, uh, you know, definitely has the flavors of a tropical punch, berry and peach flavor. Certain hops will do that. Yeah. Like the hops are like Laurel and Mosaic. 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 And and Mosaic will have some of those tropical notes and berry flavors. So there you go. And I definitely feel like at the back end of it, especially like sitting here, like as we talk about it, where it hits on the front end as like more of like the berry. Like the more the peach side of it hits, like mm-hmm. taking it, and then the aftertaste is more of a tropical punch berry afterwards. What did you say the hops were? Laurel and uh, mosaic. Yeah, yeah, mosaic. Yep. Let's go to my world's largest hop list here. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not super familiar with laurel, so I, I like to educate myself. Is it a? Is it a? It's not a. It's not a floral hop. I don't think. Oh, maybe it is a floral hop. L a u r e l. Spell Laurel for me. L o r a l. L o r a l. Oh God, that's gonna come up a lot of places because Laurel. I don't. Okay, see I feel like, like, like the old hop was more of the peach, like on the front side of it. I don't see. Does it just say floral hops? I don't see anything called Laurel. Mosaic, though. I do know mosaic is. A lot of fruit, berry, mango, stone fruit type stuff. I do know that, but I'm not from Laurel Hobbs. 
Yeah, I mean, definitely very good. I actually really like it a lot. There we go. Michigan Hop Alliance has them. They do a lot of shit. Just wasn't on that list. Um, they are new in 2016, otherwise known as HBC 291. It is a floral and herbal note. Okay. Yep. Citrus uh, and earthiness. Citrus. Yep. And floral, lemon, and tropical. Where's where you're getting the tropical fruit from? So basically, that's a long way of saying good job dissecting those hops, Ryan. You nailed it. Thank you. I've actually did something right today. He's learning. It's like it's it's like proud dads over here. I'm proud. I'm really proud. It was a great <laughs> job dissecting those hops. Uh Dan, you want to go? Yeah. So again, uh big drop galactic extra dark brew. This is their uh, recent bronze wedding at the World Beer Fest at the World Beer uh competition out there in Nashville, Tennessee. Um it's called extra dark. You really can't call it beer. It's it's uh obviously heavy on the malt. Um, you're gonna get notes of coffee. You're gonna get even some some subtle notes of of, of faint chocolate. Um, the first time I had this, I'll be honest, I wasn't the biggest fan. Um, as I've now I've drank it, now I've changed my tune a bit. Um, if you like the richer malt, um, no type of beers, and you're looking for a beer alternative, um, great choice. Uh, I love rich malt. Rich malt is my favorite thing. Yeah, so it, it it's gonna definitely cover that, you know, that part of it, and and throwing in the extra bitterness, you know, from the malt that was used. I don't know if it says. Is, uh, Big, Drop, is Big Drop in my market? Do you know? I, uh, they technically are. I don't know if they service that far down. I have looked because I'm um, a Chicago-based wholesaler uh, covers the entire state of illinois and i'm not quite sure i'd like to find them but if uh if, they're if, not if at total can't... it's not at total wine i know that for sh- well shit is it at oh, fuck it may be a total wine I don't, I don't think so i usually no. hit total and randall's so i know I, dean's doesn't have a giant beer selection as much as i love them but i, I want to total and randall's i want to say if you head up to edwardsville because it's, it's a it's a different wholesaler Our um doc? i think fryer may have it up there if not when you're up here um I'll All be, the places up here I have it. Okay, we'll we'll talk about me being up there here uh, after the show. By the way, because I have yeah, I'll be through okay. a couple times. Word. Hey, yours. Word. Wrap your shit up. All right, I had uh, Starlight Distillery's Carl T. Huber's Bourbon Whiskey finished in honey barrels. Um, strong honeycomb. If you've had honeycomb cereal, that's exactly what this smells like, and it's exactly what the aftertaste is like. Sounds delicious, actually, because I love honeycomb cereal. It is freaking fantastic. I don't know why I didn't bring this to Kansas City. I forgot I had it, I think. Um, I got this when I was in Indiana with the family. Um, Middle, middle, you start off honeycomb cereal. It kind of fades into a back-end sweetness, which is really weird to have something fade in instead of fade out. But it fades in. um, You get to the middle. You get a lot of that that barrel oak kind of dry spice, baking spice type notes. Um, rounds out vanilla and then it comes in again with the honey and kind of finishes out rather nice, but it's really interesting because you get a fade into the front part of this. And normally you don't, you get a build up, not so much of a, a fade in and then picks back up. So it's a journey. Um, but the honey barrel finish comes out on this really nice. You tell it's a really good base level whiskey. It's not overly grainy. doesn't taste young or anything like that. 
a uh, little bit of heat on it, but that's kind of what you can expect for 106.4 proof. I should mention this is an A1 liquor store pick. So if you're ever through Effingham, Illinois, go see Narav. Great store, great tasting bar. Um, A1 is a absolutely fantastic. Nash, Narav, everybody there. Great, great people. So, um, and a fantastic pick. Actually, a little bit of a story. The first time I had this, I didn't buy it. And then three months later when I was going back through, I was praying they still had it because the flavor just stuck out in my mind that much. And I drink a lot of whiskey. So for something to stick out to that level is pretty special. So really, really good pour. I think these normally run about 80 bucks. So any who's it's. Back to the beginning of the, we're gonna go back to the beginning of the third round. We're gonna pick it up with Ryan. We're not doing a third round reversal <laughs> in a rookie draft. So. so the beginning of the third round, with it being a super flex, I'm going hunting hookers. Yeah, I was wondering when he was gonna go. And, and he went later than I thought he was actually gonna go. Yeah, yeah. I, I there are some thoughts in the second, so fine pick all right um man i'm in a another conundrum yeah i'm in another conundrum um i really don't like this i'm gonna go tank dow undersized wide receiver there yeah in an area where there's opportunity in a wide open wide receiver room in the third round he's undersized and like i said i don't love it but he's got dc in a in a wide receiver room that's wide open so i'll defend that more in a little bit all right i'm going to go tank bidsby i was wondering when he was gonna go too because that's really yeah that's another player i was looking at i mean he's got dc so right. we'll, we'll talk about it here in a little bit, but Bigsby's another one that got good. third on draft capital and a, uh, it's a wide open back. room behind ETN. Yep. All right. You guys saved the pick for me because I thought about taking him earlier. I'm going Josh Downs. I was never going to take him, by the way. So you were, you were always safe with me at least. I was safe. Yeah. There is, there are some players that there's not a chance in hell I'm taking them. Charbonnet's one, Downs is. 100% another one of those guys. Um, and now we get real interesting because we are running out of guys that have DC and we're kind of getting into more guys that, that I'm willing to take a shot on. Um, two options. You know, we're going to see if this last guy gets back to me. I'm going to go with Luke. I'm actually going to go Luke Schoonmaker. Um, another second round DC tight end. Dallas is a muddled tight end room. We'll get into that here in a minute. Uh, DM money go to make your six pick. Your uh, three oh six. Then we'll talk to these guys for a minute. Yeah, I'll uh, I'll just keep loading up back. So I call Tajay Spears. I was looking at him too. All right, I I did, I did look at him also. I was like, man, if he if he makes it the next round, I'm I'm good. All right, and pause. So looking at this, I consider this a world of draft capital. It's like the island of misfit toys. Um, let's start Hendon Hooker. The Superflex League, I love Hendon Hooker's skill set. It's a 25-year-old quarterback that landed. Um, 
Dan Campbell loved him. He loved Dan him because, Campbell because loves he, he's, him, more, but... he's more of a mature like of quarterback. He's not a young quarterback. He's the older quarterback. Dan Campbell loves him. You got to get off of golf though, and golf has to do something that makes him replaceable or be the reason that they're losing games and they're trying to compete. Um, but you're in the third round in a super flex lead. You're looking for any home run you can hit. Hinton Hooker absolutely makes sense there. You can even make an argument here. Third round and definitely into the fourth for guys like Jake Hainer, who's going to be behind Jimmy Garoppolo, for guys like uh, Quentin Toon, who could be in line for early starts, guys like even Aiden O'Connell and Stetson Bennett. Sorry, Hainer is going to be behind Carr. But O'Connell behind Garoppolo, Bennett behind Stafford, Toon, fifth-round pick. Going into you know a, a place where Kyler Murray is not expected to start the season, you can make that argument. Um, but Hayden Hooker is a guy with with long term upside, I think, um, as far as the rushing ability and what he does with the deep ball and how refined he looked in his senior season. But he doesn't have a clear path. But it's a super flex league also, and he took him to three hundred one. I think that's good value. I feel like I got to steal the draft there on that one. Ryan, how many but steal see, of the drafts are you gonna say? There's so many steal of drafts for you. Well, I feel like, like, like Hooker would be more like a, like a mid-second pick, like a second-round pick. I think this is a perfect. Third. I think this is a perfect, perfect spot, spot for, for Hooker because maybe it, back of the second, but yeah. As Hopper mentioned, it, it's the only way he plays this year is golf gets hurt, um, or if Detroit completely tanks. Um, he's only three years younger than Goff. So from a long-term <laughs> placement and the fact that you only got third round DC um, lifespan, it, it's not quite there. Um, but as Hopper also mentioned, I think you were going to Ryan as well. There, there is, I'll, I'll, there's is upside. It's, it's value upside to where if he gets a chance to play this year, say Goff gets hurt, you have value to move him, And that's pretty much where these six picks line in. Um, I don't expect Tucker to be much of anything in the NFL. Unfortunately, NFL told us that, but um, Detroit liked him enough to be his primary, be God's primary backup. So, and and that's what Detroit needed was, was definitely like a true backup because they didn't yeah, have Detroit a real, needed real a twenty six year old quarterback to back up their twenty nine year old quarterback. That's that's really they, what they needed. They needed someone. He's got a he's got a different dynamic than Goff too, and we talked about yeah. that before. If they <laughs> I, if they feel I, like they need more I dynamic, then I they're going to go with it. Tank Dell, I hate that pick. I do not love doing that for myself, but it's Houston. They're going to get Mechie back. I firmly believe in in Mechie's talent still. You can't hold against him the fact that the dude got cancer, right? But um, he was the highest draft capital wide receiver remaining with third-round DC. He has higher draft capital than than high. at had higher DC than downs. Inlands in a wide receiver room that's equally open because even if Mechie is the guy at one, who the hell is the guy at two? And it's CJ Stroud throwing the football. CJ Stroud asked for him. I don't love Tank Dell the player, but the DC and the situation certainly lines up to where I'm willing to take a shot in the third round. Yeah, I mean, Robert Woods looks as the wide receiver one, and like Tank Dell, as of right now, looks as the mm-hmm. wide receiver three. The so corpse he has of Robert Woods? Yeah, he has definitely upside. So it's an upside play. It's, it's worth playing. It's, that's the dart throw you're willing to take right now. That's how the third round is. I mean, that's same thing. You really can't hate it. Like, you really can't hate any picks beyond even round, like mid round two, because that's essentially what you're aiming for. It's guys that you believe have have either upside 
within the next couple of years or have this year upside to their situation that you're hoping to flip. Yeah. And really with Bigsby, it's kind of the same thing, right? He lands in the vacated role from, from James Robinson behind ETN and, you know, he was a guy that projected as just a guy, but he lands in a spot where there's opportunity. He also had 30 catches his final season with Auburn. Um, he can fulfill a role that if if ETN were to miss time, he has, and he's got bigger size than ETN. There is a shot that not only does he take goal line work, that he could, if again, let me preface, if ETN were to miss time, so he can take on a full-time load. So Bigsby, well, I don't love him as a player, and I think I agree with Hopper. He's just a guy, I mean, his 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 best player or his um his best player comp is Damian Harris. So I mean he's literally just a guy, but it's, a jag, uh, a true jag, a true jag. But you know these jags, you see almost every year one of them find an opportunity to you know to you know he to had produce the, because of injury. And he had the lottery DC. ticket. Had third yeah. round DC. Yep. So going around behind a guy who got drafted around later, Roshan Johnson. So that's fine. Uh, Josh is going to start week one, so we're good. <laughs> Josh Downs. I have I. Go he ahead. might be undersized, but I feel like with the way Anthony Richardson plays, I mean, I, his short game sucks, but Downs should be playing more of the slot. And I feel like over Pittman, Pittman would go over, over outside, over Pierce. Pierce would be also outside. They're going to take Pittman, who's proven to have NFL floor as a slot, move him outside for third round pick. Well, Pittman's always played in, he's always played outside. Has he? Yeah, he's never played. I don't think he's ever been a a volume slot guy because they they had uh, Pierce and Paris Campbell last year. Uh, I think Hilton was a couple years ago. Um, I think even Pittman played outside with USC. I thought and Pierce could, and Pierce can play outside too. Well, I really don't care about Pierce, so <laughs> you guys like him. Downs and Pierce are pretty much the same to me. It's no, gonna be it, uh, it, it's also is... it's also a low volume offense with a rookie quarterback, or if you you know play Gardner Minshew, it's still a low volume offense that's gonna go through the running game. So this is uh what we could be witnessing is Chicago this year, or Baltimore when they you know, transition to Lamar Jackson. I don't give a shit about Josh Downs. It's a wasted pick. It's a, it's a, it's a value or not value. It's a third round pick. There is, it is what it is. Luke yeah. Shoemaker. Yeah. Uh, then we can move on from it. Shit. Luke Shoemaker. Um, look, it's another one of these hyper athletic second round. He's one year younger than Dalton Schultz. Yeah. Second round tight ends. He's one year <laughs> younger than than Dalton. He Schultz. replaced Dalton Schultz. Had productivity. It's going to be him and Peyton Hendershot and Jake something or another there. Jake Ferguson. Ferguson competing for that tight end spot. It's it an offense that's traditionally targeted the tight end in the past. It's a wide open room. Whoever can get it can get it. They gave him DC. It's a tight end premium league. Um, and he he actually has a profile like better than. You know either of the other second round tight ends that were were left over. Um, by that I mean Britain Strange. I like his profile more than Britain Strange. 
Fuck Brenton Trench. Yeah. So fuck that pick. That is Spears. Yeah, Spears yep. is one injury away. Henry back up for a while. He's one injury away, and that's all I got to say about that. He was a uh, another guy in that same round is what Miller was, what A Shane was, and you know we're here two rounds later than essentially, well, essentially a full round later, round and a half later than than those guys because Henry's in front of him, and you know it, it's not a clear path to targets, but. One and he also away. does not have any ACL, so there is uh there's that too. <laughs> there is his his upside is just doesn't have ACLs. Value. It's it's finding yeah. value this year, and in hopes that he can you know secure some pass catching role. He forgot his ACL. Literally, somewhere. yeah, he forgot his ACL. That is in an offense that has literally nobody besides Henry and Burks. Indeed. That the the Titans. A collection of playmakers might actually be outside of the Texans the worst in the NFL. It's it's so fucking bad. Indeed. Um, Ryan, you're up to a three oh seven. Ooh. I hate this pick, but I'm gonna try it anyways, and it's Keisha Butte. <laughs> oh man. Brad got so much shit for that. Uh his take. All right, I'm I, going, just wanted to say, I just want to say it just so I can talk about it. Well, going, I, I know, I know. I'm going Deuce Vaughn. I'm a believer. We'll get into that later. Dan? Uh, I'm just getting caught up. I'm going to go with Cedric Tillman. I thought about him. Ryan? Uh, Michael Wilson. Cardinals. I don't know a lot about him. You got draft capital. Oh, um, third round DC. I'm gonna go long pick with my guy and just so I can talk about him again. I'm gonna go Andre Yoshivis. Oh, well, this is the last pick. Last so pick. Evan. Ain't worth it. Evan Hall. Okay. I'm gonna say Zach Evans. No, uh, well, that would be worth it. But anyway, uh, let's talk about this. Kishan Butte, um, I get it. As much as I don't like to say I get it, I get it. New England took him. New England's got a wide open wide receiver room. They didn't re-sign Jacoby Myers. Like, this is anybody's game. Kishan Butte is a lottery ticket. Like, I'm not a huge fan of him. Like, I see what he did, like, a few years back. And I see this as a wasted pick, but I brought it up just because as a talking topic. There is no wasted pick when you're in the back end of the third round. It's not wasted. Again, if, if you don't want to make it, the pick, then you trade it for a veteran. <laughs> right, but if, if but if it doesn't become anything, then it's a wasted pick. Most of these picks won't become anything. That's why. That's why. That, that's why <laughs> we're at this point, and these guys are are barely day two picks. And it's, it's like a, there is upside to him, and he was a top five recruit. Or he, you know, he was a five-star recruit. You know, pre his injuries, he was the Devi wide receiver one. Like, if he can get back his explosiveness, there is upside to him. He's a, he's a lottery ticket play here. I he feel is. like like you I, know, I absolutely it's either boom or bust. Yeah, and I feel like it's more like bust than anything. Well, well, maybe Hopper is more excited about Deuce Vaughn. 
<laughs> a little bit more. I, I no, I am more excited about Deuce Vaughn with not resigning Zeke. He's immediately going to come in with, um, oh, shit, Pollard, and uh, really, it's similar skill sets across the two. They're both very explosive, very dynamic. Um, they by cutting Zeke, you know, you don't get anything different here. But they've kind of stated what they want to have in it back, and I don't think that that Pollard's an immediate bell cow or anything like that. So I actually think that. That Deuce, even though he's a six rounder, does have a an undersized, does have a path to to targets and being used in some different dynamic sort of ways with with Dallas on an established offense. So, um, third round lottery ticket on a guy that I really like that lands in a in an established offense with established pieces, established quarterback, and a path to touches. I'll take that in the third round. Yeah, I went Cedric Tillman. Um, Third round pick to Cleveland. Uh, it's whether or not he's going to beat out Donovan Peoples Jones. I'm a we'll DPJ see. believer. So I mean, I, I also do like DPJ. Um, this is more so draft capital. He's got good size. He'll play outside. That was his role at Tennessee, and uh, he outproduced in his junior year because he got hurt for half of his senior season. He did outproduce both Phelan Jones and Jalen Hyatt in his junior year. Uh, for whatever that's worth, because I, 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 between both of them, I really don't care about either of them, but I think there is a path to opportunity for Cedric Tillman this year. And while I hate, always hate talking positive about Watson, he's in a very good quarterback situation if Watson were to start to improve to where he was in Houston. Um, and that's where I think his role will be is more of a deep boundary receiver. That's why I also like DPJ. So I'll, I will take the deep boundary receiver with, with Watson in this case. Michael Wilson. This guy I don't know a lot about, even though I know he got DC and he landed on the Cardinals where, I mean, there's, I guess, wide receiver three opportunity right now. Ryan, what do you yeah. like about Michael Wilson? Well, he's one of the <laughs> only wide receivers who are actually above like six foot. And he's actually the backup to... Uh, DeAndre Hopkins too so that's another one I like what sucks about him though is like he was never like a college prospect who stayed on the field he was always injured he was missing he missed 2020 and 2022 due to season ending injuries he didn't miss the whole season but he like was missed part of the seasons his main like uh, seasons were sophomore and or freshman and sophomore years so he was a fifth year senior this year but with the history of what could happen with right now, like as we look at the uh, Arizona Cardinals right now, it's like you look at them as like a rebuilding team. Like we don't know when Kyler's going to be back. What's the true status of DeAndre Hopkins? Like his upside could be easily to be the wide receiver one on this team or as low as the wide receiver three on this team. So that's one like lottery if you like take it. I, I like on this guy. I mean, he'll never be more than, I guess, a two if Hopkins gets hurt. I mean, we also still have Marquise Brown there, too. So, yeah, he he could be like the. Um, he will play outside six one two yes. sixteen. He's got you know plat athleticism. Um, he's the actually he's the receiver here. Yeah. Yes. And then Hopper, who did you go with? You went with your boy. Uh, yeah, I, I took I took Yoshivas. Um, big athletic receiver um not a clear path you're one but as you look beyond that can they pay chase can they pay higgins will they 
retain Boyd? The answer is probably no. So this is more of a long-term play in a guy that I believe in and a guy that that shows a a lot on film. And I think he's only 21. So there's there's room for this to be a long-term play should the Bengals decide that they're going to move on from from Higgins, that they're going to move on from from Boyd here is they come up to those decision points because you can't pay Burrow, you can't play Chase and, you know, not eat up a ton of caps. They're going to recycle some young receivers through here. So this is more of a more of a distance play and a guy that I really, really believe in. The back end of the third round, you're looking development, guys are going to stash on your taxi squad for a year or two, and this, this fits that for me. And then the last pick of this mock, I took Evan Hall uh, going to Indy, be the, the primary, I guess, pass catching back in this offense that probably won't use a lot of pass catching work, but he will be one of the primary backups to Jonathan Taylor if Taylor is to miss time this year. Um, also, if Taylor is to miss time, Hall is a pretty explosive back, so you get to be paired up with Anthony Richardson r- running the same type of plays that you saw, again, Hurts and Fields and Lamar ran as they were coming up to their game. Um, Hall has a has a good opportunity if it arises for him to smash um, in these kind of filling games and ones that you can look at to to piece the fuck out if he does and and, and try to get some value from him. That's the show. All right, that's the show. Thank you guys for tuning in. We will be off next week as we take a break post draft. We'll be back um, at some point the following week. I'll talk to you guys about that here after we drop off the air um so thank you guys for tuning in i am at beerfield hop with two p's uh at beerfield three at ryan minor underscore ffp at beerfield i think just beerfield on twitter uh beerfield fantasy football wherever you get your podcast um and we will catch you guys here in some form of two weeks which we don't really have a plan for yet either So um, we'll figure that one out. Thank you guys for tuning in. Take care. Yep. See it later. All right, that's done. Um, okay. Uh, some quick rundowns. Next week, we're not doing anything because it's just a post-draft break. Uh, the following week, I will be in Chicago, the 24th, 25th, and tied up. So we'll need to find an alternative date that week if we can. If not, it'll be two weeks off. Uh, I mean, there's always... Monday, or we can go Sunday. I mean, honestly, going on it maybe on that Sunday, the twenty first, in between, you know, an off week. I could do that. I can that do. Might any, not be a bad idea. So I can do any point that week if it isn't the twenty fourth or the twenty fifth. Yeah, I like to not do Tuesday. So yeah, which would be the twenty twenty third day before. Yeah. So Sunday, Monday, or Friday. I could probably do Monday. Usually Sundays I can't do. That's fine. We'll go you Monday. Then. Do Monday. I got to tell my family so we always get together every Sunday. Oh, man. It's all good. So we can do Monday that week then.
Um, I don't have a topic either. So if there's a non-NFL episode, you can think that you want to do, go for it. If there's a topic that you guys want to do, throw it out there. Sounds good. We'll have a week and a half to decide. So we'll, we'll think about it. If you guys don't come up with anything, I think the one I'm going to shove in my backpack pocket is just pick some of the hype pieces and we'll just do a buy and sell on those hype pieces over the last, you know, a few weeks around draft prospects and as reporters try to pick things out and things like that, we can just kind of do a buy sell off season hype episode. I mean, I mean, honestly, if you can talk even winners and losers for veterans post draft too. Yep. Guys or, or even like or even like late round picks that like most people are going for four, five, so, six. And see when people zag or I'll zig. So if most people are talking about late round picks, they don't want to talk late round picks. There's a million places you can get that if most people are talking about it. Sure. Everyone's talking about everything. Right. <laughs> so we'll figure it out. Maybe we'll do we'll a combo. Maybe we'll do a combo of both and do yeah. some I guess you can do some late round picks. We can do some you know, buy, sell on the hype. We can do some of, you know, veteran stuff like that. The reason I'm kind of signing on veterans, Dan, is because through June, that's when I plan on doing dynasty check-ins with stock up, stock down. Okay. Um, dynasty 101, stuff like that, where we'll actually do a lot of veteran check-ins through June. So maybe we'll just do a, that's fair. a hype episode on the 25th. And then the pivot point from there is that we'll go into um, more veteran episodes through the month of June through dynasty startups and stuff. So, all right. Um, we will target that Monday. Then I'll, I throw it on my calendar and then I'll, I'll text you guys ahead of time just to make sure we're still good with it. Um, and then Dan, for you, me being in Chicago means that we will be driving on through. I will be through that Friday. I don't know what you normally do on Fridays. That would be the day I think Katrina leaves because that's the weekend before. Is that, I think that's when their trip is, when they're going. That's not Memorial Weekend, is it? Or is that the week after? That's Memorial Day weekend. That's yeah. the yeah. Friday so, yeah. before Memorial Day. Perfect, yeah. So I, I, I'll, she won't be home. So Do you so want to get a, are you, I don't know if you normally travel on Fridays or not, but do you want to try to get a round in when I'm coming back through? Oh, yeah, we'll, we'll get a round in. Okay. I normally yeah, don't get around it. Fridays are not a great selling day because most people have bought their beer for the week or have have already bought their stash beer for the next two weeks. So I I, I Fridays are generally flex. If I'm not doing a tasting, which I won't plan on doing one, we'll sure. we will be fine. Sure. And I will be coming down from Chicago. So just like I don't know what you do when or who does what, what time is good for you, et cetera, et cetera. We'll talk when it gets closer, but yeah. Um, I will be coming back through and would love to play around on my way back through. So, yep, absolutely. Especially if Dickie or somebody's available. We need to. Um, there's some, there's some, there's some drama with Dickel's soul. Oh, is there? Not like, not like him and I. It's some him and Rob drama, which is uh. Ah, uh, so we need to hang on. I need. I, I. I'm not. He hasn't told me. This is through. A third person that ex- thought he told right. me already. So he told me he gave me the rundown. I just haven't had time or have the way to bring up to Dickie. Say, hey, bud, you good? You good? <laughs> like yeah. without 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 tipping my hand up. How the fuck do you know things? Yeah, so no, that'd be pretty good. I'm trying so to get out with them. That's that's really where that. Let's see if we can make something yeah. happen that weekend with him or anyone, Aaron, whoever. But yeah. I'll be through. So let's figure it out. Right on. All right, man. I'm going to close this. I really have to take a shit. So, 
right on. I'll see you guys. Take care, guys. See you guys. Later.